Welcome to the RE Podcast, the first dedicated RE podcast for students and teachers. Episode 8, The One with the Middle Way. My name is Louisa Jane Smith and this is the RE Podcast, the podcast for those of you who think RE is boring, which it is, and I'll prove it to you. This week's episode is brought to you in association with the lovely people at House of Self. What on earth is House of Self, I hear you cry. Well, House of Self is a modern take on psychotherapy, counselling and coaching with a strong emphasis on mindfulness, a Buddhist practice which is obviously relevant to this week's podcast. Their courses aim to be accessible, inclusive and community-oriented and they aim to create a culture of warmth and belonging where everyone is welcome. Their team of fully licensed therapists are on hand seven days a week to offer online therapy. Look, we all need a bit more happiness. So as an exclusive offer to any of you lovely listeners over the age of 18, you will get 20% off House of Self if you use the code RE20. All you need to do is go to www.houseofself.co.uk and enter the code RE20. But don't worry, I'll put all these details in the show notes. In the summer of 2019, in the context of Trump and Brexit and Boris, I started writing a book, a book that I may finish one day. This book is on the middle way, and I want that to be the focus of this episode. This episode is actually being written and recorded during the COVID-19 outbreak in 2020. I must admit, over the last couple of years, I've had some really low moments. There seems to be so much tension between people. Brexit versus Remain, anti-vaxxers, anti-immigration, anti-Trump, Boris supporters, and there is a polarisation of viewpoints. Scary word alert, polarisation simply means extreme opposites, like the two poles, north and south, as opposite as you can get. As you may have guessed by now, I'm a magpie, and I like to steal shiny things from other people. One of the shiny things I have stolen from Buddhism is the middle way, and it is the middle way that has helped me through Brexit and Covid and Trump. I've taught the middle way to my students for many years, but one day I suddenly got it, you know, really got it. Let's start at the beginning. Siddhartha Gautama, the founder of Buddhism. He actually started life as a prince in Nepal with everything he could possibly want, but he was still dissatisfied. So he decided to leave his life as a prince and try and work out why. He spent seven years as an ascetic, An ascetic is someone who gives up all worldly pleasures and lives a simple life seeking spiritual enlightenment. The result? He nearly died. So that didn't work then. Eventually, he realised that great wealth didn't bring satisfaction, yet neither did great poverty or religion. He realised something else. The middle way. Having enough, but not too much. And this allowed him to focus on the path to enlightenment and an end to suffering and dissatisfaction. In this episode, we are going to explore what that path is and whether the middle way can help us deal with today's society. But first, another name change. Remember Saul became Paul when he converted to Christianity in an earlier episode? Well, now Siddhartha Gautama becomes known as the Buddha. So once he became enlightened, a slightly more dramatic change. The Buddha simply means enlightened one, which means that he understood everything. Now, the Buddha used an analogy of strings of a sitar, which is an Indian guitar. If the strings are too tight, they will break when you start to play. If they are too loose, they won't make a sound. 
So for the sitar to play, the strings have to be somewhere in the middle. The Buddha argued that this is how we should live our lives. I always ask the students to create their own analogies and one lesson. As they fed back to me, I realised just how many things in life the middle way applied to. Food, sleep, exercise, politics. So is there a middle way in all opinions? We've been forced to become polarised in our opinions. Don't get me started on the impact of algorithms. We just have our own opinions fed back to us and this confirms that they must be right. I love this, I hate that, this is true, this is fake, this is good, this is bad. All we appear to have then is two sides moving further apart from each other. Left versus right, conservative versus liberal, compassion versus capitalism, Brexit versus Remain. It's exhausting, it's oppressive. Maybe the way forward is something that is the middle way between each idea. At the end of the podcast, I don't think I would have solved all the world's problems, but maybe each of you will find your own shiny little nugget that you can take away. I must take the time to say that there are situations where the middle way does not work, and this is important. If you are in a physical, emotional or psychologically abusive relationship, then the middle way is not applicable. This needs extreme action, i.e. cutting off all contact. The middle way is not possible. Similarly, in the context of addiction, the middle way doesn't work. The Buddha taught that you should develop two qualities in your life, compassion and wisdom. Compassion allows you to be kind and loving and gracious. Wisdom allows you to become wise and knowledgeable. If you are only compassionate, then you become kind but stupid. If you are only knowledgeable, then you become intellectual but uncaring. But if you balance the two, you become perfect. The middle way is actually a path and there are eight steps on this path which help you live by the middle way and consequently eliminate suffering and reach enlightenment. Three of them are about morality, i.e. to do with right and wrong about how you live your life. So let's dive right in. The first is right occupation. Buddhism suggests that you have a job which doesn't cause suffering to others, e.g. a butcher but also advises to keep your job in balance in your life. Don't be lazy in your job or not do any work. You should work, but also give yourself enough time for other things. The impact of this could be huge, not only to the environment, but to mental health, to physical health, emotional health, relationships. And what about wealth? What if wages followed the middle way and there are a minimum and maximum wage? I know what you're thinking. Socialism, communism doesn't work. Well, no, not partnered with dictatorships it doesn't, but I wonder what would happen within a democracy. Anyway, the second step, step two, on the path to the middle way is right speech. The First Amendment promotes free speech. I mentioned the story of Charlie Hebdo and the cartoons of Muhammad. Imagine if free speech was replaced with right speech. Imagine a world where people avoided offending people, avoided lying, avoided divisive speech, avoided abusive speech, avoided gossip, opinions, extreme speech. Imagine a world where people spoke kind truth to themselves and others. A world where people sometimes decided not to say anything. Where people had integrity in what they said. Integrity means you do the right thing. I was once given some marriage advice to avoid using the word always or never in arguments. It's interesting. How different would our disagreements be if we avoided these words? 
I've mentioned how important the practice of kindness has become as I've got older. Imagine a world where we were kind in our speech, both to ourselves and to others. The third step on the path to the middle way is right action. Buddhism has no God, it has no rules, but it does have recommendations for things to avoid due to the consequences. They call them precepts and there are five of them, so the five precepts. The five precepts recommend that you avoid the following things. Taking life, stealing, misusing sex and the senses, using wrong speech and clouding your mind. So right action is protecting life, being fair and honest, using sex and the senses correctly, saying the right thing and being in control of your mind. Following these recommendations would eliminate murder, rape, theft, tax avoidance, lying, addiction, would protect the environment, help us make better decisions about what we read or look at, affect how we speak to ourselves in the mirror. So the first three steps are based on your morality, right speech, right livelihood and right action. The next two steps are based on how you think. They are right thoughts and right view or right understanding. How we think has such a dramatic impact on our life and we often let our thoughts control us rather than control our thoughts. So let's start with right thoughts. Lao Tzu said, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Our thoughts then are a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whatever we think then becomes true. And what are our thoughts? I'm so ugly. No one will ever find me attractive. I'm stupid. I'll never pass any exams. That person is amazing. I'll never be like them. None of these thoughts are helpful, let alone true. The reality is that no one is ugly. No one is perfect. No one is stupid. We are all somewhere in the middle. So our thoughts should be too. I am not ugly, but I'm not perfect. That person doesn't like me, but that person does. Thinking the middle way can be liberating. But beware, our brains are not used to it. So we'll try and force you into extreme points of view. So the fifth step on the path to the middle way is right understanding or right view. This really means to remember that life isn't always going to be perfect. So you should expect things to go wrong. We are often surprised when life doesn't work out as we wanted it to or as we expected it to, as though we believe that it should. We also sometimes create unnecessary situations which are avoidable and then get cross about them. We consciously stay up late and then moan that we're tired. We don't do any exercise and then complain that we have no energy or we're putting on weight. Buddhism suggests that we see things as they are, not how we want them to be, and then to understand how and why they are like that. This view that you should have is summed up in something called the three universal truths. Are you ready? They state this. One, everything changes. Two, nothing is permanent. Three, life is unsatisfactory. They call this bit dukkha. Dukkha means unsatisfactory. I think sometimes we fall into the trap of believing that things will always be the same. People will always be with us and life should be satisfactory. 
And as such, we don't react very well when things do change, when things do end or things don't make us happy. Maybe if we had a more realistic view, we could more easily deal with what life brings us. There's also something called the four noble truths, another way to help us to have the right view or right understanding. The four noble truths are this. One, that life is unsatisfactory, that dukkha again. Two, that this is caused by craving, i.e. wanting things. Three, to end dukkha, to end dissatisfaction, you just need to stop craving. And four, to stop craving, you need to follow the Eightfold Path. See how it all links together? But seriously, it's impossible to stop craving, right? I can almost see your eye rolls at the mere thought of it. But let's stop and think about it. If you crave something, then you'd feel dissatisfied until you get it. When you do eventually get it, you have a fleeting moment of satisfaction, but then it's gone or you want the next thing, so you're back to feeling dissatisfied. Or you are so worried about losing it or breaking it, whether it's a phone or a relationship, that that causes stress and dissatisfaction. So we can see how craving causes dissatisfaction. The Four Noble Truths go hand in hand with the Three Universal Truths. We expect that things should last forever, which don't. And we feel annoyed or angry or sad when those things end, whether it's an object or a relationship or a life. There is a famous prayer that says... Accept the things you cannot change and change things you cannot accept and find the wisdom to know the difference. The last three steps of the Eightfold Path are about the daily practice of Buddhism, often through meditation. Let's start with right effort. If you put in too much effort or too little effort, then this will have long-term negative effects. Simples. But also, this path takes a bit of effort to change the way your mind thinks. Next is right mindfulness. Mindfulness has become quite popular in the last few years, but what actually is it? Another word for it is right awareness, simply being aware of things. It might be being aware of what you are thinking or being aware of how your body feels or being aware of what you are doing. So often we are not aware, we are not mindful. We do things without being aware or we're distracted or we're preoccupied. This is exhausting and actually counterproductive. There are so many ways of practicing mindfulness and there are even apps you can download. But let me give you some beginner ideas. Next time you eat a bar of chocolate, try and take as long as you can with each bite. Hold the piece of chocolate on your tongue. Become aware when it starts to melt. Notice the tingling sensation it creates. Be aware of the sweetness as it hits your taste buds and just focus 100% on this experience. One, it makes the chocolate last a lot longer and two, you will get so much more satisfaction out of it. Or the next time you wash up, I hope you wash up, listen to the sound of the dishes, the sound of the water, notice the feel of the bubbles. It can make quite a mundane task into something very beautiful. Once you've tried these quite simple forms of mindfulness, you could then maybe move into breathing meditation, which is known in Buddhism as samatha meditation. Simply sit or lie down and bring all your attention to your breath. Notice your breath go in and notice your breath go out. Do you notice the feel of your breath? Or do you notice the sound of your breath? 
or are you simply aware of your chest moving in and out? Then slow your breathing down a little bit. Maybe count to three as you breathe in and count to three as you breathe out. As you do this, you will notice your heart starts to slow down, your shoulders start to relax and your brain feels calmer. If other thoughts come into your mind, notice them, let them pass and come back to your breath again. There are three rhythms in our bodies, the rhythm of our breath, the rhythm of our heart and the rhythm of our brain. And they're all connected. So if we can change one, we can change them all. The only one we can really change is the rhythm of our breath. If you have anxiety like me, you will know that racing thoughts, racing heart and heavy breathing are all connected. So it makes sense that slowing your breathing down will slow your heart down, which will slow your brain down. Lastly, right concentration. This final eighth step on the path to the middle way is right concentration. This is a higher form practice of meditation. It really does take practice and effort and concentration. But the practice of meditation suggests that you concentrate on thoughts and beliefs that you want to have. What us humans tend to do is fixate on whatever thought pops up in our minds and we kind of run with it. This is a bit like jumping on every train that passes by in a station, regardless of whether it is the actual one we want to get on, even if it is going in the wrong direction. Right concentration is about noticing all the thoughts that arise, but deciding which one to focus on. This is like waiting at a train station, observing each train that arrives at the station, but only getting onto the one that takes you to the destination that you desire. So you might be given the thought of self-doubt or self-judgment. Observe that thought, then let it pass, and instead focus on something positive about yourself. I hear you. How much easier is it to say that than to do it? But that's why it's the final step on the Eightfold Path. So, right livelihood, right speech, right action, right thought, right understanding, right effort, right mindfulness and right concentration. The Eightfold Path. Let's come back now to the middle way and apply this to physical health. Very simply, don't eat too much, but don't eat too little. Eat a little bit of everything. Exercise regularly, doing something that you love. Sleep enough, but not too much. Simples. What about the middle way and politics? You may be very politically aware or have no idea about politics at all. But I am sure that you are aware that there are some very strong political opinions out there. Brexit or Remain, Conservative or Labour, Trump or Biden. Each side arguing and criticising the other. I must admit to getting a little caught up in this and getting a little depressed and despondent at opinions which were different to mine. But I then came to a realisation that different opinions are valid. So we have to find a way of moving forward that incorporates extremes, that meets in the middle. There might have to be some give and take, but there are advantages and disadvantages to any view. So a middle way could temper these. Let's consider the controversial issue of immigration. One side seems to want to let people in, the other side keep people out. So... Middle way, let's have a limit to how many people we let in. Let's recognise the dangers and the advantages of immigration. Let's not use it as a political tool. 
Let's inform ourselves about who is coming in and out of our country and let's be welcoming but not naive. So, what if people followed the teachings of the Buddha? What would be the positives? What would be the negatives? I mean, maybe we wouldn't achieve as much technologically or creatively, but we would progress mindfully and fully aware of the consequences of our actions. There would be less mental and physical health issues, less crime, greater equality, greater compassion, greater kindness. Sounds great. But what do you think? Do you think the middle way could make our lives or this world better? I've put a link to a great article that summarises the Noble Eightfold Path if you'd like to read more about it. I would really value your opinions, feedback and questions. So please contact me through the website www.therepodcast.co.uk or find me on Twitter at therepodcast1 or Instagram therepodcast. I am Louisa Jane Smith. This has been The RE Podcast, a podcast for people who think RE is boring, which it is. I just proved it. But thank you so much for listening to me bore the life out of you.